Time for episode two of Jack Trades Character Collector. Episode two is is my buddy Matt. Uh, when you see that on television, when they're medevacking you away in that helicopter to the hospital because it's a serious, serious situation, that's Matt. Matt's on the helicopter saving your life with over 300 flights under his belt. Uh, his story's amazing. Let's get right to it. All right, Jack Trades character collector. There is a song by Bruce Cochran that I always hear, and the first line is, Here come the helicopters. And that always makes me think of Matthew Yelton. Uh, Matthew Yelton is that guy in the helicopter saving your life when it's so dire that you need to get to the hospital immediately. Um, I know Matt his whole life. I know his parents. I know his whole family. And uh, it's no surprise that he was going to be where he is now uh matt welcome to character collector well thanks for having me yeah it's my pleasure my pleasure uh so let's let's dig right in like when did you know as a young person when did you know that that's what you wanted to do that you wanted to be a flight nurse and an emt i mean your credentials are long but when did you know you wanted to do <laughs> yeah. that yeah so uh, surprisingly when i was going to high school i was kind of lost trying to figure out what i was going to do with the rest of my life and was working on a farm, liked working with my hands, thought about becoming an electrician, you know, doing some technical kind of vocational stuff, and started going to college for that to be basically an engineer. You know, wind energy was just kind of up and coming, and was trying to figure out what my track was going to be, heating, plumbing, electrical, something like that. And while I was going to college, it was one of those uh, kind of epiphany moments. I realized that all my friends that had come out of BOCES were uh, sitting in basically unemployment lines waiting for checks because there wasn't enough work out there. The industry was, really was kind of slowing down. Right. So I did a, kind of a half step of like, hey, what, what the hell am I going to do? You know, so I'm sitting there and my mom said to me, you know, have you ever thought about healthcare?" So I jumped in the fire department, volunteered riding on the ambulance as a driver, helping out and decided to get my EMT card. And kind of one of my first really bad calls was a snowmobile accident where a 16-year-old kid ended up unfortunately dying. But I used a helicopter and got to meet a flight flight paramedic and flight nurse. And from that moment, I just kind of decided, like, that's that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Wow. How old were you then? Oh, so... I went into college about a year late, so 19 years old. So I was... You know, a solid twenty when when that kind of happened. A solid twenty. Most twenty yeah. year old kids have no clue what they want to do in life, and you and you're and you're already like, you know, trying to build your future. That's awesome by itself. Um, yeah. I always knew you were a serious kid anyway because you wanted to wear a suit to school in first grade and you wanted to bring a uh, briefcase and I was like, this kid's going to be a lawyer, <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. And I was like, I, I I encouraged it, but so so now you, you're. You already talked about having somebody die in, in a call. I was going to ask you sometime, like at, during the interview, what's the scariest or the saddest thing that you've seen? Is that is that the scariest or the saddest thing you've seen? Oh no, probably not. So, and that's the kind of the proverbial question that we always run into is always, you know, what's the worst thing that you've ever seen? And it's like, ah, uh, you know, I, I try not to think in that way because. It, all too often it brings the negativity on things and it kind of drags you down. Right. I try to think of more memorable moments where I was able to, 
you know, able to help somebody and there was a kind of a positive outcome. So mm. probably one of the most impactful calls was, oh, a seven-year-old kid that was hit by a pickup truck out in like the St. Johnsville area. Mm. Um, we flew him to Albany Medical Center and the family were close personal friends of some friends of mine. And they kept me in, in the loop. And I ended up actually going to his benefit like well, three months later when he was released from the hospital. He had full recovery and survived something that I guess you wouldn't normally survive. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, give me I want I want both. I want the bad and the good, always. Yeah. So like what so, was the most what was the most moment where you were like, This is this is where I know I'm supposed to be? Well, I think I think that moment, the pinnacle moment for the the sixteen year old that I had, um, that unfortunately succumbed to his injuries, that was kind of that pivotal moment for me where I was like, "This is what I'm going to do. These are the you know these are the people that I need to try to help, like those critically injured people in those remote access locations." It just that's that kind of lit the fire inside of me to to want to do more and learn more. How many flights you been on? Oh, I'm up upwards of almost 300 now. Wow, I, I wasn't even thinking that high. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I earned my my wings at uh, at 100 flights, and I've been training new nurses that are coming into the field since. Wow. So so let's go back. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So you so now you're you've decided you want to be a flight nurse. Um, you just don't become a flight nurse. You just don't do that. You have to you have to go through some crazy training and education, and you got to be good because I'm sure they don't want people who are going to crack under pressure. So go through the process of that. Like, what did you have to do to become that to get to that first flight? Well, there really there really was never a template. There wasn't a you know a, a guide per se out there to how to become an EMT, how to become a paramedic, how to become a flight paramedic. There really wasn't that that template, so I had to try to figure it out. One, by kind of checking in with some of the people that I knew or ran into that were flight providers. But two, it was just kind of trial and error. Um, I I got my paramedic card. Basically, it's a two-college semester long class. You know, I, I got my basic EMT, EMT card first. It was a three-month class that was you know, two nights a week and an occasional Saturday while going to college. And then I decided to jump right in to become a medic. That was almost nine months long, a couple more nights a week, a lot more clinical rotation stuff in the hospital and in the field working on ambulances and riding along. And then decided to become a full paramedic while working in the city of Rome for Amcare Ambulance full-time, just kind of gaining that, that momentum, gaining the experience. Right. in tandem with advancing my credentials and i started to kind of probe around like hey how do i how do i how do i obtain the school or what what are some of the kind of suggestions some of my colleagues and coworkers may have and one of them suggested hey university of maryland in baltimore county has a class called ccemtp that's how you become critical care transport certified you know that's a good first step and that kind of sets you apart from the people that are interviewing with you to get one of those flight line positions. I'm like, sold. I'm going to do that. Where do I sign up? And then I realized, I'm like, ah, oh, it's $1,500 and it's in Maryland. So, you know, well, 
long story short, I found a way to save up the money and spend 15 days at the University of Maryland doing a crash course that was eight hours a day, 15 days long, and tested out and got my transport certification and uh, interviewed for the company I work for now, um, I want to say about a month later, and they actually picked me up. They hired me a few days later, and that was kind of the, the start of my career. So, so first flight happens. You're you're all in. Tell us about that first flight. What's going yeah, through so, your, What's going through your head the very first time? <laughs> well, it, it's one of those surreal kind of moments because flying an helicopter is ungodly different than riding in an ambulance going down the street. And what I was used to responding, you know, a few miles away, ten minutes away, fifteen minutes away, I'm getting in a helicopter and flying, you know, forty plus miles in some direction. We're going to a hospital down in like that Cortland area to transport someone who was critically ill from a smaller kind of community hospital down to Sarah, Pennsylvania, which just seemed like absolutely unreal to me because we're going out of state to a bigger medical center that actually has their own helicopter. And it was just watching the two providers because you have to ride along as a third first watching the two providers interact almost seamlessly and almost, you know, without speaking to each other, knew what they were doing next, you know, what the plan was, what the trajectory was for the, you know, patient, the plan of care, and kind of watching that carry out and then getting in the aircraft and listening to the pilot coordinate so many things and communicate with the flight crew while, you know, they're working on a critically ill patient was just absolutely unreal to me. And then top it all off, we're landing in another state, you know, and it only took us 20 minutes to get there. It was just, it was an unreal experience. I love how you said it's not like riding an ambulance down the road. It's not even close because there's people who would never in a million years even get on a helicopter because right. of the fear. You know what I'm saying? There's, I mean, yeah. I, my girlfriend would never get it. She's never flown in her life. She's never going <laughs> to. So, I mean, you're just, when, when I tell people that, you know, about you, when I say, oh, yeah, you know, I says he's, you know, when he, he's a medevac flight nurse. And, it's, and I always say it the same way. I'm like, you know, you know, when you always see that on TV or you see it in real life when the helicopter's medevacing you away? Well, that's, that's, the, that's my boy over there, man. You know, and every single person ever is always impressed because they're like, wow. They're already impressed if it's an EMT. That's already a, a respect there. But it's like you took it to a different level. And I can't, yeah, yeah. And I can't explain what you do now. I, say, I think he's the boss of those people. I've seen him on TV a couple times. <laughs> he seems important. I don't know. But, you know, he's always a little man to me. I don't know. But, yeah, but, yeah. but there's a, you're, you're, you have to, you know, there's a million people who, who are qualified, nurses, doctors, or whatever. As soon as you say helicopter, they're like, no, I'm good. You know, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, ever, you ever had a patient, like, like, like be on the helicopter and not be cool with being on the helicopter? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, one of our biggest kind of, one of the, the biggest hurdles that we, we worry about kind of proactively is whether or not somebody's going to be, you know, willing and able to get into the aircraft and, and fly with us. And, you know, there, there are the inherent restrictions for like weight, weight concerns and stuff like that. But outside of that, some people just uh, really don't like flying, right? I mean, I didn't know if I liked flying or not until my first shift on a helicopter. I'd never flown before commercially or anything. I just kind of dove off the dock head first. Wait, what? I loved the idea and had never flown in a machine before. Uh, I certainly, I'm not a, you know, I don't swim because I wasn't born with gills or fins. 
Uh, but <laughs> I don't like, you know, heights were kind of a, uh, an Achilles heel for me, but something's so much different about it when you're flying in a helicopter, you're standing on a rooftop of a hospital. It's a totally different dynamic. It just, it kind of, it, it closes the gap for me, but, um, you know, it's it, it's interesting because some people, it depends, it may be because of their injuries. They may just be combative in nature. But we have ways to to chemically sedate and restrain them if we need to. It's not like we're dragging them kicking and screaming. Everyone has the right to refuse. And if they don't want to go with us, we'll ride with them in the hospital to the hospital in an ambulance. But, you know, there's always those subtle challenges. But we do a briefing. We talk to them, explain to them all the things they're going to look, you know, they're going to see, hear, feel, you know, taste, smell. All the differences of because the the physiologic effects of flying are are huge. People don't realize until they kind of firsthand experience all the different noises and smells and you know sights and the changes in feeling. You know, staring out the window, staring out the window, and you're you're flying forward, but looking backwards is kind of all a different dynamic all its own. I just can't get over the fact that it was like you, you didn't. I can see if you went on a couple of flights, you jumped out of a plane, something. <laughs> yeah. you, you, like, you never, like, I remember you were afraid to be in uh, in elevators when you were younger. When, when yeah, you were, now I'm in a box no bigger than that, flying 150 miles yeah. an hour. Or know, having to go in elevators <laughs> to go save people's lives. I'm sure, you know, you know, you got to go to whatever. You got to go in hospitals and go get people or whatever. You got to go in anywhere you know, elevators involved. You're, you're oh, not carrying a patient. You're not carrying a patient down 15 flights of stairs. You know. No, no, I got over that real quick. Yeah. Right. No. Me, and that's. <laughs> like, I think that's the last time I physically saw you. Was it uh, in a building in Utica? Um, you were coming. You were coming in to do something with somebody. I, I remember. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it was. Um, yeah. No, that's crazy. So you're just like, all right, man, I'm gonna do this someday. When you know, first flight, bang. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to be heavily sedated when I took my first flight, and it was for fun, dude. So I don't know. Yeah. Now it's no brainer. I've flown a bunch, so I don't care now. But you know, I've actually flown a plane, so that was pretty cool. So I, um, scary though. I was definitely scared. So now you are a flight. You are a flight nurse, and you're. Let's say you got 100, 200. How, how long have you... Seven and a half years you were a flight nurse, right? Yep, yeah, yep. So, you're, so you got... Is there like a tenure there? Like after five years, you're like, you know, they know you're solid or like you just earn your stripes as you go along? Because it's, what definitely the, a, it's definitely an earn your stripes as you go kind of thing. It's kind of based off of your, your own experiences and you know, meeting and exceeding the challenges. Well, here's the funny thing too. Like one thing I noticed and... Um, it was at a striper concert. I knew a guy who was a big striper fan, and he was my instructor at MVCC for my first day class. And uh, day one, I wore a striper shirt in, and he was like, oh, you like striper? And him and I became friends. And he's an EMT and all that. Um, is Russell. His name is Russell. Yeah. And, and and everywhere I go, if somebody goes, oh, I'm an EMT, I'm this, and I drop your name, they know you. They know you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they know you a lot. And it's... I don't tell them that I know you or how I know you. I just say that I know you too because I want to see what they say. And I've never, I always hear stuff. You're a leader in that community. I mean, that's just, and it's, it's cool because it's like, it's one thing to go do a job and, and get your goal, but you just never stop. You just keep going. So, like, so now seven and a half year, years in, what do you do now? I do. So, I'm an EMS educator outside of kind of the, the flight line stuff. I'm, I teach, I go to conferences, um, I do some business development and, out, and outreach stuff, some 
So it's, which is kind of an education component where I teach people about what we do and why we do it and how to do what we do, because I didn't have that template when I was trying to figure that stuff out. So like that future flight provider kind of mindset, like these people, you know, seeking talent kind of thing, looking, looking for the people that are really kind of the, the shining stars of the community to help them get on track to get to where I am. And then I'm one of the base lead supervisors for the, the company. So I'm, you know, just kind of an administrative supervisory role over um, the base out just outside of Syracuse and Marcellus. So really? A little bit, yeah, a little bit of everything. So I kind of, yeah, jack of all trades, kind of the, <laughs> the weird way to put that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds familiar. I think that's, copy- yeah. I think that's copyright infringement. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to Marcellus. I love Marcellus. Um, we're there all the time. There's a beautiful park there, Erie Canal yeah. Park. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow, that's awesome. So there's an airport there, like for the helicopter. Yep, a small. Yep, smaller grass airport uh, on Brickyard Road, just outside of, um, just outside of. Oh, what's a? So there's like a, a rock quarry on the hillside Correct. outside of Marcellus. Yep. Right across the street from that, there's a grass airport. People, not a lot of people realize it's there. That's amazing. No, I probably passed it a hundred times, man. We go out that way every, almost every weekend. I'm in Marcellus or Camillus area. Yeah, there's a bunch of RC kind of, um, there's a club that goes there, yes. especially like heavy in the summer, RC helicopters and planes and stuff like that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know it's got the little plane sticking out of the barn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right I know. Brother, I've seen that a thousand yeah. times. Really? That's yep. where that is? We have a, yeah, we've got our base right there. It's got our central two base just outside of Syracuse. Yeah. I, I go to Bailiwick Market to eat all the time out in Elbridge, which is that road. If you, yep. if you just yeah. keep going, it takes you to water them. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's awesome. I can't believe that. How funny. Uh, can't wait to tell my girlfriend that. So, so you still go out on flights? You still saving lives? Or, or are you more yeah, yeah. directing people to save lives then? So I still I still fly uh, a full time flight line schedule right now, uh, but I'm this actually starting this week. I'll be training one of the new nurses coming on that's from the Rome area and uh, kind of switching into that train training role, basically doing field training stuff. And I still try to stick to that because it's really important to keep your your skills sharp and kind of keep keep the wheels turning it's hard to teach people how to do things if you don't actually do them yourself kind of thing amen amen you know i say it at my job all the time it's like you guys don't answer calls you listen to calls for 10 15 minutes we take hundreds of them and, yeah you know i know what the customer wants you you're getting you know data from stuff they don't even you know isn't true you know you, you yeah know. people people tend to have a lot more respect for the people trying to educate and train them if they're standing next to them proving that they can do exactly the skills that kind of proficiently like they're expecting them to do. Well, I, I live by this motto because it's like uh, that if you're going to follow somebody or respect somebody, you, you want to, you want to be on their level. Then you want somebody who's the best. You want somebody you got to even in pro wrestling. That's how it was, you know, and, and anything else I ever did magic or anything. It's like, I, I went to the best. I watched Doug Hennig. I watched uh, Penn and Teller. I watched those guys. And yeah. it's like, so if somebody wanted to be the best, like you, you wanted to be the best. So you did whatever you had to do to get there. And then if, if somebody else wants to be the best, they look at what you've achieved. Yeah, I would. I, you're the only person I'd want to mentor me on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because like some people have a goal. They, they make the goal and that's, they stay there. 
you yeah. fo- you found another way. I love the fact that you said there was no template for me, so I decided to create one. I bet you a million people had that idea, but they just sure. they just didn't know what to do or how to do it or whatever. You know. Yeah, um, there's plenty of people out there saying, you know, I wanted I wanted to do that, and just kind of had abandoned sat on the couch. The, yeah, yeah, abandoned the kind of the chase to, and kind of stuck and stagnated where they were. You know, looking back, it's like, you know, I had people telling me there was no way I could do it. I was too big, too heavy. You know, it's, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of training. You know, no, you, know you got to know people to get there. And I'm like, all right, well, got to know people. I can, I can play that game. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, you know, I get, you got to know, know people to get somewhere. I, I'll figure that out, too, you know, <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm doing my thing. And that's, that's why I say, like, they, my, my coworkers and some of my administrative oversight, they, they laugh and they call me the mayor because everywhere you go, if you, if you drop my name and somebody there knows who I am, knows someone I know, knows, you know, has something, you know, has something to say about their interaction with me. It's, True story. it's a blessing and a curse, I guess. You really can't go anywhere without people knowing who I am and vice versa. Yeah, I think that's funny because you were the non-entertaining kid. You know what I mean? Your brother's a musician. He let you know. He he has his own thing, and it's like uh, he very he's very artsy. So it's like yeah, yeah I mean, so it's, it's like you guys were complete opposites growing up, but it was, it was you still have the same passion. That's that's a, yeah. that's the thing. And I know that you were I know that your parents were the type of parents who said you could do anything you want to do. You know, just yeah. you know make it happen. Because um, even as a young kid, you made things happen. You, you did a lot of things. Um, you're way ahead of your, you're way ahead of your time growing up. You're, you're way smarter than than your kids that you were in school with, I think. But I love I love the fact that you that see. So you, I've done that too. Like I, I they told me when I was thirty something years old, I couldn't get in the wrestling business. You know, I'm just too old. You're never going to get anything in there. The same people were asking me for free tickets a year later. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, I'm, you know, it's it's like the more haters you got, you know, you're doing something right sometimes. But right, yeah, you know, that, that that's kind of the motivational speech I give to some of the, the students coming up through is, you know, take that, harness it, and use that to drive you. There's people that are going to sit there and tell you that you can't, you won't, you'll never. Listen listen to that in the, in the sense that take that and use that as your motivation. Yeah. To prove them wrong, not only for, for the fact that you want to prove them wrong, but for your own well-being. Don't let somebody push you down and then, you know, stay down. Let them push you over, but stand up and push back. They, they don't know what you can do. You know what right. you can do. So it's right. just, you know what I'm saying? Don't t- let anybody tell you nothing. You know, every time they told me I couldn't do something, I did it in style. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and then I shoved it down their throat. But you know what right. I mean? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is you turn around and smile and say, hey, <laughs> remember when you told me I couldn't do this? And now I'm taking your patience in a helicopter. <laughs> and I always, you know, the source is everything, too. It's like, yo, um, what are they doing? You know, they, they're, they're miserable. They're in their lives. They sit on the couch every weekend. They're not doing anything to contribute into society. They're not following yeah. their dreams. So that's probably why they're hating on you, because they see you doing something good, you know? Right. But at the same time, you get the good stuff. You get the people who are like, man, I go places now and do things now because I see your stuff on Facebook. Or someone like you, like they meet you and they see something and they're like, man, I never wanted to be a flight nurse, but now I do. Or somebody yeah. who's dying to be a flight nurse and didn't know what to do. And it's like, oh, my God, this guy, you know, so I get it. You know, I totally get it. It, 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 it crosses over and everywhere. I mean, it happened to me a lot in wrestling. I, I, I got a lot of kids in the business and let them work uh, ring crew and stuff like that. And they had to earn their spot. Like anybody else, yeah. you know. The only thing is, I didn't have to pay them ever, so that was cool. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ever. And I always had twenty people behind them running to do it for free, so it was great. 
But so I, I mean, I mean, obviously, amazing, amazing stuff that you do. I'm super proud of you. I mean, everybody who knows you is proud of you. People, complete strangers after they hear this, are going to be proud of you. But uh, what do you want to be known for? Like, what's the last thing Matt Yelton wants to be known for? Uh, just, I mean, my biggest thing, I think the impact I want to leave is the, you know, if you want to do something, if you really do have a passion that drives you to do something, no matter what it is, don't take the negativity and, and let it keep you down, man. That's the biggest thing I want people to realize. Like, take that, harness it, use it to charge yourself forward and don't ever take no for an answer. You know, figure it out. And, you know, my biggest thing is I, I wanted to help people. I wanted to teach people to be me, to teach, you know, to teach people to do good and do what they really wanted to do. So, you know, I'm kind of at that at that point in my life where I actually enjoy and enjoy the respect, but in the sense that, you know, I've, I've gotten to the goal that I was, I was seeking. Now I'm just looking for that next big thing. But I think my impact I want to have is just, you know, you can do it. Don't let people hold you down. You know, there's, there's nothing that's impossible. Do you have a big goal? Do you have anything you're looking forward to? Something you always wanted to do, but you're kind of like on the back burner? I mean, I don't know. Right now, I'm just kind of I'm I'm leaning into some education stuff on a little bigger scale, you know, the local education days and teaching classes. You know, kind of homegrown classes has been been a lot of fun. So I I put a bunch of feelers out for some state conferences, and uh, I'm waiting to build up that that you know confidence to do a national conference at some point. But I'm, I'm working with a few buddies from the fire academy over in Utica to do a, a firefighter resuscitation things so you know my bigger goal is to kind of keep leaping forward leapfrog a little bit forward with this education stuff but you know keep my roots growing into actually providing some of that clinical care wow so i don't want you to devolve too much of your personal life but i know you have one everybody's got one i know you're married you got children uh uh, so like Talk about that for a minute, like, because it's got to be stressful on your wife sometimes, you know. Like, oh, you, yeah, can, yeah. you know, like, I never would, you know, want to speak for somebody else or ask you to speak for her, but I'm sure there's been many times where she's scared or worried that you're not going to come back. I mean, how how's that go? Is it ever? Has there ever been a moment, like, you know, like that that you were that you were scared you weren't going to come back? Well, I mean, I think that comes with the kind of the territory. It's kind of that inherent risk. Um, Absolutely. When I when we first got together, she was just kind of transitioning and working at the nine one one center as a dispatcher. We had worked together in the hospital as techs over at St. Elizabeth's doing kind of nurses aid type of stuff together, and so we'd known each other a while. But she knew I went to track of EMS, and when we had first gotten together, I you know was was hard charging towards this flight job and that was my my goal my buddies were all running after the fire career fire stuff and i was running after this you know crazy dream of flying around on a helicopter but you know once i got the job i mean we did kind of have that understanding where like you know this this is really dangerous i mean there there is a huge safety culture in aviation um actually a lot of other industries build their safety standard off of the aviation safety standard that's been kind of piloted and it works so well so you know it is much safer than people realize but there's always that risk and there are times like i've had friends that were in the aircraft have you know experience in flight emergencies that caused them to land kind of abruptly um in not so great locations but 
have been totally okay. Nothing crazy, you know, no, no major crashes, nobody hurt kind of thing, but that kind of, that grounds everybody. It makes it real. There's always that kind of risk. And, you know, when we had an aircraft have to land short of its destination, um, out on the freeway once a lot of people started to call me that night, like in a panic, like, Hey, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's great. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad everybody's checking in on me, but I guess I think of it in a different way than other people do. But yeah, there's definitely times, you know, there's definitely times that there you can be nervous and run into weather stuff like that, that it's kind of unpredictable, but Crazy. we take the, we kind of weigh the risk versus reward. Landing in the middle of the throughway. What? <laughs> like, it's happened. See, yeah, it's happened. It's so funny how you just... Sometimes on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> sometimes not. I mean, I I get it. I mean, it's you say it so nonchalantly because you're too you're way too deep in the forest uh, to, to yeah. you know what I'm saying. Where outside people would just be like, "Oh my god, what?" You know, and I'm like, and I'm always and I'm always like, when you see, I was at Strong Memorial Hospital for a little while because my friend was there for weeks. And yeah. I saw those helicopters come in, you know, I would see those helicopters come in and I'd be like, man, like that's, that's gotta be of all the things to do. I mean, other than be a firefighter, because that's the scariest thing in the world to me, being a firefighter, yeah. which you've done that too. I mean, I, 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 have you ever gone in I, inside of a burning building? Because that, I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't sure. do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't do it. But it's like, um, the whole, the whole thing of. You came from a medical background, family background. You know, your mom was your mom was a nurse. She did many things. Um, she was really good. She loved doing that job. Um, yeah. she, she was really good at what she did. She worked in doctors' offices, all different stuff. Um, she and she was, I mean, she was on a different level too. I mean, I think she was on her way to do something, but you know, I've lost track of all that. But I yeah. knew, I always knew, like if you were going to become something, I thought you would go into the military because you had a fascination with the uh, army men for the longest time. G.I. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. And then, and then I always, but I always knew like, if you said you were going to do something, yeah, put that and put that in granite because, um, yeah. you know, he's not the kid that he's not going to stop until he gets it right. You know, and, right, right. and yeah. he's, and he's I mean, not going to, and he's not going to settle for, well, this is not, this is the end. There's no end. You know, Oh, I got this. Now I'm going to get this. Now I'm going to do this and look and look at the major effect that you have on saving people's lives just one person has a whole bunch of people connected to it. So you save one life in a helicopter. You, yeah. All those people love you. You're 300 in, you know, and that, and that, and then you're teaching all these these other people to do the same thing. I mean, come on. I mean, the trickle down effect must be insane. I'm, I'm wait. Have you ever had somebody that you medevac come back and find you and be like, "Hey, thank you." Does that ever happen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've we we try to. I mean, it doesn't happen as much as you'd hope it does, you know, or you'd like it to happen right. sometimes. Um, but you know, like I, I like to kind of assimilate it to, you know, sometimes it happens when I think when we need it the most. But I've been a part of linking crews together with their patients. Uh, that's part of the business development stuff that I've done, and I've been out there doing, you know doing business development, talking to people, and somebody say, oh, you know what? My daughter was flown. I was just at Tractor Supply the other day when a patient's father was cashing me out, and I had my sweatshirt on and said Mercy Flight Central on it, and he's like, hey, thank you so much for what you guys do. And I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. And he's like, no, my, my daughter was flown by you guys like two, three months ago, blah, 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 blah. And he told me, I was like, oh, that's awesome. It really... You know, it kind of brightens your day a little bit, even though it wasn't me specifically that flew his daughter. I knew the guys that did, you know, and I, right. it 
it, it's huge. I mean, I've gone and met patients. Like I say, the seven-year-old kid that I flew, I went to his benefit, got to meet his whole family, got to sit down and have dinner with them and the child and kind of see that, that full circle. That was huge. You know, that, that makes, that resonates and really helps kind of relight the fire when it, when it might be flickering, you know, when you just feel like you're a little bit defeated or you're just having a rough day that sometimes that helps kind of relight the fire. And the other side of that is people that I, you know, have talked to that, I, that rode with me as paramedic students, uh, a friend of mine uh, went to Maryland to be a state police officer, mm-hmm. goes in the aviation unit, becomes flight paramedic, calls me a year later to thank me randomly. Having a rough day, phone rings. Hey, it's Jack. Hey, Jack, how you been? What's going on? He's like, hey, man, I just want to call and thank you. Uh, I got uh, I got Trooper of the Year. I'm like, wow. no, wow, man, that's awesome. He goes, no, no, that's that's you, man. I, I, that's you're you're the reason I'm here. Like, I got in, got into this hard charge after it, and I just I just wanted to thank you. You know, two or three years later, you know, same thing. Having a rough day, get a phone call from another kid, Jacob who went down there to Maryland State Police. And he's like, hey, man, uh, I want to thank you uh, for hooking me up with Jack because I linked him up with my buddy Jack that went down there. I was like, hey, talk to him. He'll help you kind of figure things out. So like I slept on his couch before I got into the academy. He goes, he's off as a detective in the narcotics unit now with Maryland State Police. And he's like, I'm, I'm flying on one of the trooper units as a flight paramedic. I just wanted to thank you. I got thinking about it, and I wanted to give you a call. I'm like, holy shit, man. <laughs> you know, like, if, there, if there was a time I needed that, man, today's the day, and I really appreciate it. So it's not even always the patients that you interact with. It's, it's Sometimes it's the clinical providers that right. you've kind of nudged along or, or given a track that makes a big difference. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can only equate my own world, obviously. Um, I get that in wrestling. I love when people say, hey, man, weren't you that guy in 2CW? We used to love your shows. I mean, it gives you that feeling like you 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 know you did something right. You, you yeah. the, the thing that you put your heart and soul into, uh, people really appreciated it. I mean, we still get that to this day, and we've been out of business for years, you know. So it's always good when people remember you know, the moments you made for them. You know, I'm we we just made on silly, stupid shows, man. You're saving lives. You're touching people. You're uh, you're training people. I mean, it, it's crazy. But it's beautiful the same way because it, it does come full circle. You get those yeah. moments where, where people will be like, and you get it. You're right, too. It's always at random when you really need somebody to give you something random. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's beautiful to hear it. It's sometimes just a thank you is just like the world. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. You know what it's I mean? just kind of off the cuff, not expecting it. It's just kind well, of you're like, not doing it for that. You're not doing yeah. it for that. It's not even a factor into that. Your, your motivation is... This person needs help, and we need to save them in any way possible. So, yeah. you know, you don't have time to think about the, you know, other things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, that's a beautiful thing, man. You gave me goosebumps when you told me that story. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, one of those things. It was just, you know, random. I never really expected anything. You know, all I did, all I was doing was answering a buddy's call for help when it came to, like, hey, man, I'm just trying to figure things out, and I want to do this. And, you know, it just, randomly a couple years later kind of surfaces back and like wow all right i really kind of needed that today you know it shows a ton about his character because he didn't forget you you know what i'm saying i don't even know this guy but i can you know it speaks speaks volumes about him absolutely absolutely a lot of a lot of people would forget about you 10 minutes later you know what i mean so well man this has been great dude i mean it i I mean we probably do this for hours because you've got a million stories but uh um 
Well, let's sum it up with this. I mean, what do you want? One thing, what do you want the world to know about EMTs, paramedics, firefighters, anything, anything like that? What do you want the world to know about them? That they uh, might they, have a misconception they, or uh, of, yeah. or just something you want them to know? I think I want people to realize that, you know, a lot of these guys and, and gals are doing this uh, because they're, they're they're driven by something bigger you know it's not they're not doing it for the financial gains because let's be honest i mean if this was a get rich quick scheme uh i wouldn't be on phone calls like this you know what I mean? <laughs> on some beach somewhere you know what i mean it, it's not a it's not a get rich quick scheme these people are doing it truly because they have they have a passion to help and and serve you know that's that's the biggest thing a lot of the guys that i work with are you know former military or you know active reserve stuff so when i'm we live a kind of paramilitary life. I didn't go the route of going into the military, but I'm very fortunate to work alongside a lot of these people that work in these this first responder kind of world that are just perpetually serving the community and the public, um, both in the armed forces and, you know, here domestically doing first responder stuff. So, I mean, just when you have the opportunity, thank them. It, it, it goes a long way. All right. What do you want the world to... Uh... I forgot where I was going to go with that. Oh, know about you. Like, the last thing you want to be known for. Oh, man, I just, I've, I've got a passion for teaching other people and helping people. And that's, I mean, that's my biggest thing. I'm, I'm known for a lot of things, but I really, I really like it to be the fact that I made a, a measurable impact on the, you know, pre-hospital healthcare community and the way it serves the, the community and hopefully long into the future. Well, thank you for talking to us today. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I really, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, thank you for the invite. This was, this is a great opportunity. Yeah, I mean, do you got anything you want to promote? Do you want anything you want to say? You know what you're doing now, or you want people to know anything you're doing? No, oh, man. I, I think just kind of if you have the opportunity, you know, to help out your community in any way you can, just you know, give give it a shot. Sometimes you might run into something you really like to do. You know, something that might light a passion for you. I, I I really don't have anything going for myself right now as far as something I'd I'd promote. I'd just I'd promote any anybody out there to take the opportunity and stop by the local department and just say, Hey man, what can I do for you? What what can I do to help? Awesome. It might be yeah, it might be working the barbecue on one of their fun fundraisers. It might be you know, just just spreading the word, man. You need me to do a magic show up there, you just let me know. <laughs> all right. I'll yeah, come yeah, up here. yeah. I'll drop yeah, a absolutely. magic show on all you guys. All right? <laughs> absolutely. I just get if you get me on a helicopter, I'll do it right there in the air. <laughs> you could do it on there a helicopter; go. it'd be amazing. I don't know if I could. All right, my bud, my friend, you have a good one. Thank you for being on. All right, man, you as well. It's time for tales from the call center. This time is going to be a fun one. Um, sometimes I talk to the kids of the customers that I interact with. Um, not in extensive conversations, but a couple times. A couple times I've talked to some young kids. Uh, this is a story about the time I spoke to a six-year-old. Uh, her name was Piper. Uh, I was talking to mom about fixing the account. It was going to take me a few minutes, and I always refer to kids if you hear them in the background. Kids or pets, it's a great way to build a rapport. And I said, oh, do I, I hear a little one. And then Piper spoke up and said, Hi. I went, oh, hi, what's your name? And I and originally got it wrong. She said Piper, and I said, Peter? And she goes, no, Piper. So I said, well, you know, one of my favorite magic students that I had when I taught magic class, her name was Piper. So I will never forget it again. 
And she said, well, I do magic tricks. So for the next five minutes or so, me and Piper talked about doing tricks and how I teach magic to kids her age. And I told her, I said, always have three, you know, three card tricks, three tricks ready to go. So that way they won't bug you on how you did the first one. And I said, like I teach all my magic kids, if an adult wants to know how it's done, don't tell them. And the more they ask you, it means it's driving them crazy because they think you're smarter than them. And you are. And when I got done, the mom got back on the phone and she said, that was amazing. And I said, yeah, well, I didn't get to do my magic class this year, so I felt like I got to teach one right there. So it works for me, too. Uh, yeah, sometimes I talk to the kids. Sometimes I talk to the animals. Uh, I've talked to many dogs and cats over the, over the six years I've worked at Mom's. You know, sometimes it ain't all bad. Sometimes they're fun. Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode two. Man, after hearing Matt's story, it gave me a whole different respect for him. I mean, I mean, it's crazy enough to save lives, but like you said, you're just you're not driving in an ambulance down the street. You're flying. You know? Crazy, crazy stuff. Let's hope you never need his services, uh, because even if you do, I, I feel you're going to be in good hands. And you heard about Piper, my buddy, um, Every time I look at that deck of cards, I'll always, always think of Piper. So next week, we during the week, we're going to be dropping a mini episode on Wednesday. Uh, short stories, uh, something quick, something light, something to make you smile. Um, I'm going to be talking about my magic camp, kids. Uh, I teach magic to kids for the last 10 years. And uh, there's some pretty incredible students, and I've got three I want to share with you for sure. Episode three... Oh, man, get ready. Buckle up, hold on, because it is going to go off the rails. Uh, I'm going to set it up like this. I had a friend that I've known for a few years now. Um, and I'm going to tell you his three amazing things about him. One is he is a walker. He likes to walk. He walks a lot. Matter of fact, over 600 different walks that range in almost over 50 miles one way sometimes. Um, he's covered a lot of the north part of New York State. We'll talk about that. Um, also, he is a consummate heel, wrestling heel and villain fan. And what that means is if you're a wrestling fan, he likes the bad guys, but he likes all the bad guys in movies and cartoons, everything like that. Uh, so much so that he believes that he's a professional wrestling fan heel heel fan something like that um yeah but that's not even the most interesting part uh my friend and i'm just gonna leave it here like this claims to have a spiritual connection to volcanoes yeah you heard that right we are gonna cover all three of those and probably much much more it's going to be a really, really, really interesting show. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Character Collector.